Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. This is our Bible study group. And um, we normally post these uh, recordings on the um, platform, our podcast platform, the um, Spiritual Conversation with Minister Mercy. So you, we welcome all our listeners on that platform. So today's Bible study, we're still looking at um, John, the, um, the Gospel of John. Today, we're going to have a look at chapter seven, and I've entitled this um, um, this session, The World Hates the Righteous. The World Hates the Righteous. So it's um, session 10 we're now looking at. So um, we're going to read um, chapter seven and just pick a few verses there to just you know discuss about. In our previous um, session, we discussed the statement Jesus made in John chapter 6, verse 51, which was, he said, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. From this statement, we understood Jesus was referring to his crucifixion and resurrection, the salvation and mercy of God for the forgiveness of sin. You know, God the Father was going to bring to the world through Jesus and um, through Jesus' sacrifice. So let's have um, a read of uh, John chapter 7. We'll read from verse, from verse 1 to maybe verse um, 19. And it says, after these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, for he did not want to walk in, in Judea, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews, the Jews' feast of tabernacle was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourselves to the world. For even his brothers, that's verse five says, for even his brothers did not believe in him. Then Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you but he hates me because I testify of it that it is that his works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to this feast, for my time has not yet fully come. When he had said these things to them, he remained in Galilee. But when his brothers had gone, had gone up, then he also went up to the feast not openly as it, were, as, as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And where? And there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he is good, others said no. On the contrary, he deceived the people. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Now, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. 
And the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, having never studied? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his who sent me. If anyone will to do his will, he shall know he, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak of my own authority. He who speaks from himself seeks his own glory, but he who seeks, who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true, and on no and no unrighteousness is in him. Verse 19. Did not Moses give you the law, yet none of you keep the law? Why do you seek to kill me? Okay, so this is where we are. You know, in a, you know by beginning by telling us, that is that verse one began by telling us that Jesus continued to walk in Galilee, meaning he continued to teach and heal the sick in Galilee. He didn't um, do ministry in Judea because the Jews, mostly the Pharisees, wanted him dead. They wanted him dead. So the question we need to ask ourselves, why would the religious leaders want to, you know, why did they want Jesus dead? Why did they want Jesus dead? No, I think there is a, a twofold answer to this question. A twofold answer to this question. The first answer is that, so the people, you know, this, the first one, is that the word of God, that is the prophecy given by the uh, prophet Isaiah. In Isaiah 53 verse 5, and I'll read it, it says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Okay, so God used the hatred and the jealousy in the heart of the religious leaders to bring about the fulfillment of this um, prophecy, the fulfillment of this prophecy. On the other part, on the part of the Pharisees, the reason they wanted Jesus dead, they were jealous of his miracles. Okay, they were jealous of his miracles because as the religious leaders, they were the ones that have been given the law of Moses, and their duty is to heal and minister to the people about the things of God. Okay, so because Jesus was healing people, what they themselves could not do, what they themselves could not do, Jesus was drawing a large crowd to himself. So what in their own mind, they were thinking, if they allowed this to continue very soon, the influence they had over the people's lives and the ability they had in exploiting the people for material gain will be lost. They will be lost. So the Pharisees were afraid of losing their influence over the people. They were afraid of losing their influence over the people because what they were doing in that temple wasn't godly. It wasn't godly. You know, they were exploiting the people. And now Jesus have come in the midst and the people are drawn to Jesus. And to them, if they, Jesus is kept alive, because they, in the, you know, they were afraid that what Jesus was teaching was contrary to what uh, Moses um, wrote in the law. But because they themselves, they have not even studied the law of Moses properly and know what the law actually says. 
Anyway, so to them, Jesus' death will put a stop to their fear of losing their influence on the people. Like in verse 2, you know, verse 2 tells us, when the Jewish feast of Tabernacle came, his brother urged, his brothers urged him to go to Judea. So his disciples there will also be witnesses to his work. Okay. So the Bible says even his brothers did not believe in him. Even his brothers did not believe in him. So in verse 6, Jesus said to them, my time has not yet come, but your time is always ready. Your time is always ready, meaning that they can go anytime. Nobody is seeking to kill them. Nobody is seeking to kill them. So, you know, what he actually says, say the world cannot hate you, but he hates me because I testify of it that his works are evil. Its works are evil. And we can actually, you know, identify with this because when you try to tell somebody, that's what they're doing is wrong. You know, they take offense. They take offense to that. They'll be saying, who are you to judge them? Who are you to judge them? So, you know, from this verse, we see that, you know, there is a time under heaven for things concerning God's plan. Even, you know, Jesus knew that his time wasn't, you know, there yet that he hasn't reached the concluded time where which the father has set for his crucifixion. So that's why he had to keep dodging the Pharisees. If they are in Judea, he will stay in Galilee. If they are somewhere else, they kept pursuing him, looking for him. You know, they kept pursuing him. And then Jesus keep, you know, dodging them to avoid them catching him when it's not the right time yet. Okay, so... In, uh, in everything um, under God's plan, God has a plan for everything and everything has its own timing. Everything has its own timing. So man or the devil cannot change the timing of God, no matter what, even in our own lives, no matter what. Okay, so nothing will happen unless God allows it to happen. Nothing will happen. Okay, even the timing of Jesus' death was set by God. Okay, another thing this verse tells us is that the world is full of evil. The world is full of evil committed by human beings because is, is the evil is, you know, is um, released through our actions, through our mind, through our imaginations. So it's not that the, the devil has, um, you know, that the devil can just appear and do whatever he wants on this earth. No. The devil operates through human beings. That's the thing. The devil and his demons operate through human beings. They operate through human beings. Okay. They do not appreciate those who know God's laws and commandments. So those who are allowing the enemy to use their mind, to use their body, to use their thoughts, to use their imagination, to do whatever they feel because it's the loss of the flesh. Because when you allow your flesh to continue to get his way, you, you have a look at the thing, you see things with your eyes and you desire that thing. That is the loss of the flesh. Okay, so these are the areas the devil uses to tempt human beings. These are the area. And it's through this area that once they have been tempted, they will then commit sin. They will then commit sin, which is against God's law. So when they commit this sin, 
And then you see somebody who is trying to live their life according to the gospel, according to the word of God, you know, according to the word of God, trying to tell them to live according to God's standard. They will feel resentful. They will feel resentful. So this is why I have titled this, um, you know, this, this session, The World Will Hate the Righteous. The world will hate the righteous because people do not like being told that what they are doing is wrong. Because there's a, um, a scripture in Proverbs where, where it says that in every man, whatever, you know, every man sees his actions as right. You know, they see their action as right. And then when somebody who is then coming to tell them that what they're doing is wrong, they will take offense to that. They will take offense to that. So this is the result in their hatred of those who are telling them who are telling them their ways are evil. Their ways are evil, just like what Jesus said, that the ways of the world is evil. That is, he came to testify to them that their ways are, are evil, and they do not like that. Especially in Jesus' time when he was, um, you know, uh, rebuking the Pharisees. The Pharisees are the people who are supposed to know better. They are the ones um, God has uh, put his law under their care. They are the ones who are supposed to guide the people to the light of God. But what did they do? They changed the laws of Moses and then twisted it. They don't practice it, um, as it as it was given. They practice the law of Moses according to their own understanding. In a way, they, 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 they created their own law, their own law, which Jesus called the traditions of men. The traditions of men. So when you try to, you know, um, share the gospel with people, when you try to tell them about the standard of God and, you know, and God's standard is always higher than man's standard, but man wants to keep to his own ways. So this will result in persecution, not just um, unbelievers, not just unbelievers will be the prosecutors, even those who call themselves Christians, but live their lives according to the world standard, according to the world standard, will also be a source of persecution to those who are telling them to change their lifestyle choices, okay? So even in the churches, like what Jesus did, he was trying to tell the Pharisees, live according to God's standard. If you call your people, you know, uh, servants of God, people of God, then live according to God's standard. And it's the same thing is happening in churches, you know. When you try, you see people, their main focus is the things of the world. They dress like the world, they speak like the world, they behave like the world. But yet, every Sunday they carry their Bible and they come into church. What are they learning in church? If you cannot practice what you are supposed to practice, then you cannot call yourself a Christian. So this is what Jesus was also trying to, you know, um, bring bring out to the Pharisees. You cannot continue to call yourself religious leaders. And in short, you are blind. You don't know how you you know how to lead your people. So what it means is the blind leading the blind. And when the blind lead the blind, they are heading to a ditch. They are heading to a ditch. You know. So this is what Jesus was um, saying to the Pharisees. And um, because of the fear the Jews had, you know, the ordinary Jewish people, 
not the religious um, Jews, but this time, because of the fear the Jews had of their religious leaders, a lot of them could not come out openly and confess and confess their belief in Jesus as the Messiah. Okay, like in this verse uh, where we what, where, where we read, you know, in verse twelve, which was saying, and there was much complaining among the people concerning him. Some said he is good, others uh, said no. On the contrary, he deceives the people. Okay. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews, for fear of the Jews. That is fear of the religious leaders, for fear of the religious leaders. Okay. Because the Pharisees had total control over the people's life. They threatened to, you know, if you more or less say that, you know, that Jesus was the Messiah, they will, they will threaten to evict you. They will evict you from the temple, you know, and, you know, like if, if you, the people who um, try to say that this might be the Messiah, even Nicodemus, even Nicodemus, when um, we haven't reached that um, verse yet, that is the, the last uh, verse, that is verse 28, where it says, have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed Let's, let's go up a little bit. Yeah, let's, let's read from verse uh, 40, where it says, Therefore many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said truly, this is, the, this is the prophet. Others says, this is the Christ. But some said, with the Christ come out of Galilee. Was not the scripture say that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem? where David was. So there was a division among the people because of him. And now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid a hand on him. Then the officers came to the chief priest and the Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? The officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. Then the Pharisees answered them, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? Okay. But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Then Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, bid one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look. For no prophet has um, arisen out of Galilee, and everyone went to his own house. So even the, you know, so the division was so much that they do not, that the, the Pharisees refused to acknowledge Jesus. They refused to allow the people who felt that this is the Messiah to acknowledge him. So the religious leaders, mostly the Pharisees, turned the temple into an idol, okay? So the temple, instead of being God's house, has now become an idol to them, has become an idol. So they professed to be following the Mosaic law, but they were not practicing the Mosaic law, you know? They, they replaced Moses' law with their own man-made traditions. 
So these, their traditions were constructed in a way that they will benefit their lifestyle. That's the thing. You know, they, they twisted Moses's law in a way that uh, the real thing, the real intention of the law was to instill um, God's love for um, his people and to instill God's love for people to also love God, for the light of God to shine in people's life. But because of uh, greed, greed for money, for material things, the Pharisees then twisted the law of Moses in a way that the people will be continue to be exploited. You know, they'll be continued to be exploited so they can, you know, continue to live the lifestyle that they um, are accustomed to, the lifestyle they are accustomed to. So the religious leaders, they were exploiting the people. They were meant to be teaching God's laws. So if we, in a way, <laughs> If we really think about it, the same thing is happening right now in our own churches as well, okay? Our pastors, some pastors, you know, they are no different from the Pharisees of old. They are no different. They exploit the people for material gain to support their own expensive lifestyle. If you have a look at it, how can a pastor have tens and tens, you know, cars, houses, everywhere. Where is this money coming from? From the tithes of the people. And if you look at the people paying this tithe, some of them can't even afford a three meal a day. You know, this was what was happening during Jesus's time with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were exploiting these poor people, taxing them so highly that sometimes, you, you know, they, they, they come and seize their, their properties from them if they're not able to pay their taxes. So people were so destitute in those days. They were so destitute. And this is the thing that Jesus saw and he was rebuking the, the Pharisees. For it, it, it's like, um, you know, you, you, you put a, a wolf among sheep, little sheep that don't know anything. So the wolf would devour them. So this was what these Pharisees were doing. They were the wolf. And they were devouring God's people, exploiting them, exploiting the people for material gain to support the expensive lifestyle. And I believe in my heart, you know, what happened to Jerusalem's temple will also happen to churches that behave this way. What happened to Jerusalem's um, temple? It, it, you know, the Romans just, you know, they just like what Jesus said, that in a few years time, not a stone will be left on this um, temple, and that is what is happening. And even today, you know, the current Jewish state is trying to uh, re reconstruct the temp that temple. It will not happen. It will not happen because the atrocity the Pharisees used that temple to do, God will not allow them to build any temple. And why would they build a temple? Sacrificing, what are they going to be doing? Sacrificing. The last sacrifice has been done. Jesus is the sacrifice. You know, who are they going to be sacrificing to? Idols. It's not to God. It's not to God. So the thing is, God will bring um, Israel to salvation. They will bring Israel to salvation. So as I said, the, the same thing that happened to the temple in Jerusalem will happen to our churches if we're not careful, if we do not repent, because Churches and religion have now become idols. You know, we are not worshiping the real God. What, what did God say 
The first commandment is love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you know, are we practicing these things? Are we practicing it? And if you're not practicing it, then why would you call yourself a Christian? If you're not practicing the word of God, because people will say, okay, you need to have faith. Have faith in what? If you don't know God, you don't do his word, you're not... Um, uh, uh, you know, doing the deeds of what he wants you to do with your neighbor, you know? So what, what, how, how are you a Christian? We have this tendency to think that, um, that you know, our, what we're, the reason we're called Christians is because we believe in Christ and then when we die, we go to heaven. No, it's not that. Jesus came to bring us life. That is God's life. And the way to receive this God life is when you do what his word says. Is when you do what his word says. Having God's life in you doesn't just mean you pray in the sinner's prayer. Once you have prayed the sinner's prayer and that's it. And then you can continue living your life how you were living it before you became a Christian. There's no difference. You know, some people use Christianity as a label as a, a social label. Are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. Then meanwhile, you're doing whatever you want to do. You behave, you know, as you want to behave. And uh, these are some of the things that, uh, that are happening in our churches. You know, these are some of the things that are happening in our churches. So let's uh, continue anyway. In verse 14, in verse 14, verse 14 tells us, Now, about the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught, and the Jews marveled, saying, How does this man know letters, you know, having never studied? So what they were saying is, how does he know the scriptures? He knows the scriptures. Meanwhile, he has not been taught. Because in those days, if you want to learn the scriptures, you need to go to the um, rabbinical school, which will last up to two years of study. That's how they teach the scriptures. You go to the, uh, the temples and the Pharisees will teach you the Mosaic law. That's what it was. So they're, they're marveling that he never studied the Mosaic law, but how come he knows so much about it? So in verse 16, Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but he who sent me. If anyone wills to do his will, he shall know concerning the doctrine, whether it is from God or whether I speak on my own authority. So what the Lord is saying here is, uh, if you truly want to serve God, you would know that this my doctrine is not my own. Because what Jesus was actually teaching is the spiritual side of the Mosaic law. But the Pharisees were just, uh, you know, looking at the letter the letter of the Mosaic law, but not the spirit behind it. Jesus came to teach us the spirit behind the Mosaic law, the law God gave us, okay? So unlike the Pharisees who seek their own glory, Jesus did what he did for the Father's glory. This is what Jesus is pointing out to the Pharisees in this verse, okay? So in this verse, he's saying, if you were truly, if you were truly, doing the work of God, obeying the Mosaic law as it should be obeyed, you will know that this my doctrine, this doctrine that I'm preaching is not my doctrine. It's from the same person that gave you those Mosaic law. 
that you have twisted in a way that it doesn't make sense anymore. Okay. So in verse 18, he says, he who speaks from, from himself seeks, seeks his own glory. But he who seeks the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. Okay. No unrighteousness is in him. So the Pharisees are seeking, they speak, they, they speak and seek their own glory. They're not seeking the glory of God who sent them to teach his people his laws. So this is what Jesus is saying. Therefore, because you are not seeking the glory of God, you are not doing the will of God. You are not practicing what God sent you to practice. Why? He elected you as the Levites, the religious leaders to teach his people. If you're not doing this, that means whatever you are doing is for your own glory. It's for your own glory. And this is what was happening in those days. The Pharisees, they put themselves on such a high ped, uh, pedestal that the people feared them so much. Okay, The people feared them. And the reason the people feared them was that if they disagreed with them, if they disagreed with them in any way, in any shape, they will ban them from the temple. And remember, the temple was the center of Jewish life. The temple was the center of Jewish life. And if you truly you know, want to seek God, it's the temple you go to. So if the Pharisees banned you from the temple, that means you're an outcast in the Jewish community. So this was the reason these people feared them so much. Okay. So Jesus said, you know, who's, who's, you know, if you're not seeking the glory of the one who sent him is true and no unrighteousness is in him. So Jesus himself is saying, I've come to do what God has called me to do. Okay. So I am seeking the glory of God. And if I'm seeking the glory of God, then what I'm doing is true. Therefore, there is no unrighteousness in me because the Jews, the Jews were accusing Jesus of trying to uh, um, eradicate the Mosaic law. You know, so he, this is what Jesus is saying, trying to defend himself, saying, no, I'm not against the Mosaic law. I am here to fulfill the Mosaic law because God sent me. So whatever it is I'm doing, you know, I'm doing it in righteousness, in truth and in righteousness. You know, and then he then says, did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keeps the law. Why do you seek to kill me? Why do you seek to kill me? So indirectly, Jesus is telling the Pharisees that they are unrighteous. They are unrighteous because they do not keep, you know, they do not keep the law God gave them. God gave them through Moses. They do not keep it. You know, their anger is that he, you know, the, the main reason the Pharisees were really after Jesus in this, uh, in the verses we've just read here, because at, at the later verse, when he went to the temple initially, he healed a man on the Sabbath. He healed a man on the Sabbath. So the anger is that he broke the Sabbath law by healing a man on the Sabbath. He healed a man on the Sabbath. And in verse 23, you know, Jesus said, if a man receives circumcision on the Sabbath, 
so that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry with me because I made a man complete well, completely well on the Sabbath? Okay. And then he then says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Judge with righteous judgment. So what the Pharisees were doing, they were, they were just practicing. It's not really practicing. You know, they were practicing the, 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 the letter of um, the law of Moses in a way that will suit them, but they, they are not seeing the love that God want them to bring out in the law of Moses. Because if, uh, if they can uh, circumcise a baby on the eighth day, because that's what the law of Moses said. So why can't they heal a man, their fellow human being that is in pain, that is suffering, heal him of his affliction on the Sabbath? So it doesn't really make sense. Okay, so this is why Jesus was saying to them in another, um, in another, another verse that what he desires is mercy and not sacrifice. Okay, show love to your fellow human being. Show love. This is how God will then show himself to people. There's no point trying to live the letter of the law without practicing the spirit behind the law. Because there is a, the spirit of God is behind the law. And this is what we are meant to practice, the spirit, not just looking at the letter. Okay, so this is why Jesus said, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. What Jesus is saying to the Pharisees, as well as to us, really, is we should always look at things through the word of God. See the spirit and the love in the word of God. And that is what we should practice. You know, we should, we should judge things according to the ways of God. We should see things through the eyes of God, through the eyes of love. That's what it is, through the eyes of love. Because God's ways are always right. God's ways are always right. But our ways are filled with unrighteousness and our own human wisdom is filled with flood, you know? That the, the, the scriptures is not just meant to just read the word. We should also practice the spirit behind the word. And that is love. Okay. That is love. That this is what Jesus was trying to point out to the Jewish Pharisees. They were just looking at the letter of the law, but not the spirit of the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. We have um, come to the end of um, today's session, and I hope that, uh, you know, people try, and when they read their scriptures, they will see the love of God in there, and then practice the love of God, and it is important, you know, although the scripture, the word, the, the, the word tells us that without faith, we cannot please God, but faith with knowledge and deed work hand in hand. So when you have faith and you have the knowledge of the word of God, the essence of what God is implying, because we need knowledge. If you do not have the scriptural knowledge, the, the real um, reason why God gave us this um, scripture, if you do not have the knowledge and you said, oh, I have faith, but faith can only get you so far, you know, but with the knowledge of what 
God is implying in his word, the spiritual knowledge, not just the letter of the word, but the spiritual knowledge, the corresponding spirit behind the word of God. Because the book, the Bible is a spiritual book. It's not an ordinary book. You can just read and then read it as a novel. No, because it's by reading this scripture and gaining the knowledge in the scripture that your spirit, you know, your spirit is awakened, your spirit is mature. And then you, you see it as a mirror. The Bible is a mirror that shows us um, how rotten we are, how sinful we are. And when we see these things in the scripture, we are meant to change. The scripture is meant to transform us into what God wants us to be. You know, Jesus didn't just come to uh, take our sins on the cross. He came to show us how to live, you know, according to the ways of God and according to how God wants his children to be. Because, you know, the word, the word tells us is those who are led by the spirit of God. They are the children of God. The children in the sense that God, the father, his spirit is leading you. You are no longer your own person. You are being guided by the spirit of your father. Then that is how you can call yourself a child of God. Okay. So it's not everybody who deems himself to be a Christian is a child of God. If you do what the scriptures tell you and you're being transformed into the image of Christ, then you can call yourself a child of God. It's not even you that will call yourself a child of God. It's the people that are around you, they will see, you know, the fruit of the spirit coming out from you. And they'll say, yes, this is a real Christian, okay? It's not just by saying you're a Christian that you're a Christian because the world out there, they are looking at us, they are, you know, watching what we do and they cannot see any difference between our life and their own life. So they don't see why they should accept this, our Jesus. Okay. They don't see why. Even those who call themselves Christians, they are even doing worse things than those who are not Christians. So what's the difference? What's the difference? So, you know, Jesus rebukes the Pharisees. And there's a lot of Pharisees that call themselves Christians. You know, they are Christians because they feel that being a Christian when they pray, God will give them the desires of their heart. And if you're a minister and you're in the church, you're exploiting your congregation for your own lifestyle. That is a pharisaic spirit. That is a pharisaic spirit. And there's a lot of it in our churches. So these are the things we need to pray because you cannot change somebody unless that person truly wants to change. Okay? It's an individual thing. It's when you start hungering for it. You want to change and the spirit of God will help you. But if you continue living your life the way you want it, is according to your own will and not according to God's will, then God will just let you do your own thing. And then at the end of it, on judgment day, you will answer for yourself. You will not say nobody told you because there's uh, messages, there's the scriptures there. We're here for a purpose. So you need to find out what the purpose is. And then you walk you know, with that purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. So today we have um, come to the end of um, today's session, which was the world will hate the righteous. So even despite, because this, Jesus did say that those who are his will be prosecuted because the world hates, you know, 
the righteous ones. They don't want them to tell them that what they're doing is wrong. But we still need to do what God has called us to do, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because, you know, he died on that cross for them. So they need to hear it. Whether they act on it, that's another matter. As long as we do our job by spreading the gospel, you know, we will not be judged by not if we, if we don't spread that gospel. And the real gospel had to be spread. Not the world's gospel, not the prosperity gospel that are preached in most churches. No, the real gospel, Jesus Christ died on that cross for your sins. So it's about preaching to people about sins and walking in righteousness. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Yes, we have um, come to the end now, so I'm going to stop the recording. Thank you for listening.